ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Be Honest. I start the show with um, a heavy heart, and I've been saying that for the last 24 to 48 hours. I know this is a sports podcast, but there are just times when you have to talk about the world outside of sports, and this is one of those times. I woke up this morning, 345 four o'clock in the morning. And uh, the first thing I see is this video of a woman documenting her boyfriend being shot by police. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I kept looking because it was so early and I'm like, is this real? This can't be, is this real? And so it took just a few moments for me to realize that yes, it's real. And yes, it's painful. And yes, another black life taken by an officer. Man, listen, I promise you, I cried like I knew that man. Bawling, just bawling tears. I couldn't even talk about it. And I look at this video and I'm just hurt. I'm hurt. I know it's another shooting, another hashtag, another black life taken, another officer saying that they didn't know and they thought that they were doing this, that, and the third. But this one really affected me. I haven't felt that way since maybe Trayvon Martin. I don't know, Tamir Rice. But it's been a minute since I've been like, whoa, let me just take some time. Messed up my whole morning, late to work and all. I get on the meeting. Um, we have a conference call, and I, I – I just, you know, they're talking about Dwayne Wade and free agency and can you believe he left? And that is the big news. And trust me, we'll get to that on today's edition of Be Honest. But I'm like, man, listen, we got to talk about this. This being the two shootings back to back, one of Alton Sterling, a man standing in front of a Louisiana convenience store selling CDs, and then Philando Castile shot dead during a routine traffic stop. According to his girlfriend who documented it, she said, officer, he's just reaching for his wallet. However, there is a gun in the glove compartment, but he's just reaching for his wallet. You could hear the officer's voice. I told him not to do it. He was panicked. He was scared. You cannot police a community if you're afraid of a community. You can't walk into a situation fearful And then be surprised if someone is frantic and they react. I've said so long over and over again that if you don't know us, and by us I mean black people, if you're not familiar with our community, if you're not familiar with our sayings and how we talk and how we move and how boisterous or loud or quiet we can be, then you're uncomfortable, as anyone should be. I'd be uncomfortable walking into new settings. I wouldn't be fearful, but I'd be uncomfortable. You take a recipe of an officer not familiar with the community, only thinking the worst because probably the worst could happen in that community. You find an innocent person who's just doing their job. We come to find out this Philando Castile specifically worked at a Montessori school. He's a cafeteria worker. He was in the car with his girlfriend. His girlfriend had their four-year-old daughter in the back seat, all being documented. He literally had a license to carry a gun law-abiding citizen, according to his mother, paid his taxes. 
And he got shot because the officer was afraid and he reacted. I'm all kind of f***ed up. I just am. And so this is a time when I'm well aware of the fact that sports in the real world coexist. There are so many athletes who have such powerful platforms and they have decided to use that platform to share the message. It may be a hashtag. It may be a prayer for peace. But a lot of these athletes are out here like this has to stop. Two shootings in 48 hours, senseless shootings, a man wrestling with police officers in front of a convenience store. And we watch them, the officer shoot him, all documented on tape, close range, and then take the gun out of his pocket. Man, listen, I I don't know what world you think we live in. But your badge does not give you the right or the license to shoot. And then they get put on paid leave. And I'm laughing because the irony of it all. I think back to the mass shootings in South Carolina. And, And I can't help but make it a racial issue, so I will. We have a white shooter walk into a church, sit in Bible study, and shoot nine people. There's a massive manhunt. I don't know if there were orders to shoot to kill on site, but they brought him in peacefully. and He waits in a jail right now on trial. The victims, all black, forgave that man. But he's alive. He has that luxury because the officers who were apprehending him probably understood him better, maybe. I don't know. Probably weren't as afraid of him. I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. What I do know is I am tired of seeing black men shot to death. I'm tired of seeing young boys shot to death. And I'm tired of hearing after they're shot to death that they had a felony. Uh, They had a DUI. There was a little bit of marijuana in their pocket. There was this um, case that they were selling CDs and it was against the law. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear that they're mass murderers and they shot nine people in a church. That's what I want to hear. And you were afraid for your life. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear um, he may have been the person who looked like the person who did something two months ago. I don't hear that he had illegal cigarettes in his pocket. Get out of here with that. I'm not trying to hear that. I just I can't. I can't make sense of it because the two don't make sense. Whatever little felony, misdemeanor crime you can find to justify shooting and killing someone on site, one execution style to the other in front of his girlfriend and child, nonsense. So I'm scrolling through social media because that's what we do. So on the Twitter and on Facebook and all of these different sites, you watch these people respond, these people being athletes. And they're upset. I mean, big names, DeMarcus Ware of the Broncos, Jamal Crawford of the Clippers, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, singers, rappers, Drake, Drake wrote a letter. He took the time to pin a letter. In in essence, saying, stop killing us, stop killing us in this community, change our country. These two worlds coexist. This is not a time to be silent, but what to do, what to do besides hashtag and prayers, conversation. That's why I'm doing this podcast today. Conversation. 
We need to start the conversation so we can be compelled to action. I kid you not. That video is disturbing, but so real. It was almost as if they shot a family member, right? Someone you loved because you couldn't believe it. It's humanity, black, white, purple, or green. It's the humanity of it all. If you don't have a heart, you can't relate to this. You have to have a heart and understand that this is senseless. Stop making excuses. Jesse Williams said it best, and I know he's getting a lot of heat for his speech at the BET Awards, but he said, we have documented evidence showing that you are killing us, but yet we still have to prove to you that there is a systematic injustice. That's crazy. There is video to prove what you were doing illegally isn't right, but yet and still we have to prove to you that this happens. Consider that. Now, if the video was the other way around, it'd be no problem, right? That's the shit that pisses me off. And I'm not on my militant, but I'm angry. I'm outraged. And I'm trying to figure out what I can do. That's where that frustration comes from. We are on the verge of a revolution, so says my friend Marcellus Wiley. And what he means by that is that you can feel it in the air. We're not going to allow this to happen. We, a community, black people, women, men, whomever, we will not allow this to happen. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. We're not going to forget about this because I can press play on my phone. It's at my fingertips. I can watch it way too often. So on this edition of Be Honest... I invited Marcellus Wiley on SportsCenter Coast to Coast, and his conversation was so real and so honest that, of course, I wanted you all to hear it. I had to share it with you in case you didn't get a chance to watch it. He describes the situation in America today with so much urgency, but yet with so much eloquence. He gives you the guy from Compton who went to Columbia to tell you what it is. That's a professional athlete, but still has his street ears on him. He kisses the community every day. He kisses the hood every day. He knows what it is. It's fascinating to listen to. We'll also talk about D-Wade because there is sports to be talked about. He's going to Chicago. We all know that by now. And to me, that was the ultimate form of disrespect. I felt like he was disrespected by the Heat organization. Others say it's a business. I felt like he took a hometown discount for years, and everyone said, well, he was going to get paid on the back end. There's something about the promise that he just didn't believe in, and I don't blame him. I love everyone I work for, but the promise when you're dealing with a corporation, a system, is really hard to believe in. You just wait. We'll take care of you. Well, you haven't shown that you have. Pat Riley released a statement in short saying, I loved him. We loved him. I hope there will be no hard feelings. I hope we can rise above it all. I hope that we can move on. I hope there are no tears and no gnashing of teeth. Just a thank you in all caps. Man, listen. Riley, with his passive aggressive that I'll call aggressive, aggressive message, Telling D-Wade, you better be right. Don't put rumors out here like I ain't, I ain't did you right. 
you better fall in line. Similar to what he said to LeBron when LeBron was making his mind up on whether or not he was going to stay in Miami or go back home to Cleveland. You don't cut and run. I don't know if you all remember that. (laughs) Riley's mafia. That is a situation where egos and pride got in the way on both sides, arguably. If I had to side, I'm choosing D. Wade's side. I just am. Because of the way I operate, the way my moral compass is, I want to reward you for all your hard work. They felt, they being the Heat, felt they did reward him. And at the end of the day, it is just a business. But I tell you what, he deserved to retire in Miami. Say what you want about the Lakers. Everybody bringing up that Kobe deal. The Kobe deal was great. Y'all get out of here. Y'all so dang all fickle. Y'all talk so bad about that deal, but now all of a sudden it makes sense, right? (laughs) Y'all trip. I said all this on the Twitter. You can follow my timeline because I'm going off of what I said on the Twitter about this entire deal. But on the podcast today, I asked Trevor Ariza, shooting guard for the Rockets, his thoughts. By way of background, Trevor is in the third year of a four-year deal. There was word on the street, tweeted by our own Chris Broussard, that he perhaps was one guy that they were looking at for the Warriors system or the Cavs. You know, just one more role player such as himself. Just that, just that last dagger when we get to the finals. Somebody who gets hot and just hits threes. Trevor did that for the Lakers. To me, that's all, that's all that matters. He was just a Laker to me, but I guess he has a new team. But he weighs in on the situation. He's very measured. He's talking sports. He's not talking emotions. He's very measured. And he talks about free agency. KD, D-Wade, no surprise. Get your money. Do your job. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my thoughts on KD because I'll be talking to you guys forever. That's another podcast, another time. I want to focus on what's happening right now. And that is the shooting of two men within the last 48 hours that have left me in a lot of pain. Real emo. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for something. Sit back, try to learn something on this edition of Be Honest. I think you'll be able to do that. Marcellus Wiley. Former NFL veteran and Sports Nation host Marcellus Wiley joins us today to have this conversation about these two incidents. And I I share with you off camera that I woke up this morning because that's when I actually saw the video of Philando Castillo and it broke my heart. Yes. Um, and I know you saw the video last night. What are some of the conversations that you've been having? Uh, it's just the conversations are starting to move towards action. Um, this has become a national conversation, and now we need national action. And talking to athletes, talking to the people, celebs, everyone is looking forward to now bringing action to some of these horrific incidents. Um, and you can see where it's starting to galvanize an entire community and entire nation to a place that I think we're in the beginnings of a revolution. And I, and I say that, and I don't say that lightly because if you think about it, the lack of respect for the human life, especially the black life, is starting to intersect now with the, the aggression slash resentment because of what 
our lives are being deemed as is worthless. And, and you can start to see that no matter what your color, no matter what your affluence is, you're starting to feel the empathy and the impact of this. So talking to guys and, and, and talking to the people who can make a, a bigger difference because of their platforms, um, people are looking forward to taking those actions. And you just said it, it's the humanity of it all. No matter who you are, you are affected by this, by what you're seeing, uh, but more so, especially in the community. And I and notice that athletes are speaking out unabashedly. I, when you were in the league, was there a time in which uh, there was some sort of social injustice uh, happening in the community or happening in the world, and you wanted to speak out, but were concerned about what you said or how you said it. Yeah, that that does exist. Um, um, I don't remember any instances, uh, unique background, I guess, <clears throat> and coming from Compton, and I didn't need national moments to realize that how horrific mm -hmm. uh, the conditions were uh, for me, and whether it was family members, myself. Uh, <sighs> you know, I, I've been a victim of police brutality, let's say, um, uh, innocent bystanders sitting on a bus stop, and next thing you know, four police cars pull up to me with shotguns, I'm on the ground. And if someone sneezes, I'm gone. If someone uh, wants to react and overreact impulsively, I'm gone. So I've been there before, and these conversations are interesting. Having a 10-month-old son and a 17-year-old daughter, let me show you how this world intersects and plays out in the reality. Uh, I have a 17-year-old daughter who talks about her friends um, who are scared uh, to go to places in their community. You're from Compton? Your family lives in Compton? Some of them? Wow, I would never go there. What happens to that kid when that kid grows up? That's a scared individual over circumstances and individuals. Mm -hmm. So when you pull someone over and you're walking up to that car, that person sitting there already has two strikes because you're scared. And what do you do? Impulsively take an innocent life. And I have a 10-month-old son who knows nothing of this world, and I'd be damned if I bring him into a world that is going to welcome him in this respect. So things must change, and things are going to change. Well, how does one use their influence, especially someone like an athlete? What do we do with this platform? I saw a lot of athletes saying hashtag Alton Sterling, but also some saying enough with the prayer, enough with the hashtag, something has to be done. Yeah, well, we all understand a continuum. Like, it has to become a thought, and then it becomes your action. And from that, we have to continue to advance. So uh, we have challenged each other. I have group text after group text, phone conversation after phone conversation when guys are saying where to go. Like, before, I would say, let's say a couple years ago, it was like, this is messed up, and guys would stop short. And guys would say, oh, okay, this is getting disturbing, and stop short. Now everyone's saying where to go, where to volunteer, where to change the mindset and change right now this national disaster that is occurring right before our own lives mm. because it is starting to have semblance of yesteryear's lynchings. It's mm. starting to have semblance of where you're seeing people lose their lives, and then when you try to calibrate it all, you come to some senseless response and you come to a senseless place. And that needs to change through education, that needs to change through action, and that needs to change through our empathy, no matter who you are and what your circumstance is. You say, let's have the conversation, let's be compelled to change. Um, I look across the landscape today and I, I specifically asked for you to come on because I knew that you could articulate it better than none. Everyone doesn't have your level of experience growing up in Compton, going to an Ivy League school, becoming an athlete, becoming a face um, of a network. If everyone doesn't have that ability, those resources, what do they do outside of frustration? Yeah, well, we have to understand that we all have the power to vote. 
Let's start there because everyone feels powerless. I've been in the community before where you're sitting there saying we are victims, but you have to turn that around and find the power within. And that power starts with voting. That power also starts in your community. Uh, to get respect, you have to demand respect. Mm. Uh, black people, my people, we have to start to evoke that. We have to start to exude that. We have to start to say, I demand that. And that's not in the point of aggression when you're dealing with authority. It's all the other moments. So when you deal with authority, I remember my father telling me, 10 and 2 when the police pull you over and show respect and always get through that situation. Live through those battles to win that war. Take special care. I appreciate you for joining us. I really do. It's an education. It really is. Take special care. That, That was a message. I appreciate his passion because it's so real and it's so raw and it's just honest. Marcellus Wiley speaking from the streets, but also someone who made it from the streets. That perspective, that's invaluable. Everybody doesn't have it. On the other side of the break, more perspective. Shooting guard Trevor Ariza weighs in on the NBA free agency a frenzy. Thank you for listening to this edition of Be Honest. This is exciting for me as a diehard Laker fan. He's no longer on the Lakers, but that's how I have to introduce him. Y- y'all remember when Trevor Ariza was with the Lakers? When we, when we had glory years and we were winning chips and all? Well, he's on the podcast. He's with another team by now. You know that, the Rockets. But that's okay. I'm going to let y'all live. Yes, yes. So I have to talk to you because I want to get your opinion. All right. In, in, in the age of everybody getting millions and these mm-hmm. contracts are crazy. And I'm not counting another man's money, Mm -hmm. but what do you think about these deals that have been done recently? Uh, I think, I think it's great. You know, that just means the game is growing. You know, the average salary is growing up. Everybody is seeing to like, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, their fair share of, of, of this pie. Now this, this huge, huge, you know, amount of money that's being, being put out there and I just think it's, it's only great for the game. What do you think about the philosophy that some players that are mediocre are getting paid top dollar? Well, I mean, again, like I said, it's 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 not really top dollar, dollar anymore. You know, that's just the average salary now, you know, and that's only because the salary cap has gone up so high and it's so much money, you know, to be to be had that, you know, players that aren't averaging 20 points or or 18 points or whatever are getting you know just you know what's what's owed to them at this point so what a time to be alive exactly in short (laughs) exactly okay here's my question and i want to talk about relationships because i think they're important in, Mm -hmm. in in professional life and personal life but i feel that if you don't have a good relationship with your employer at some point in time it'll manifest and, and much like you did, like mm-hmm. you were a champion, we wanted you to stay, we being the Lakers, and you wanted to get paid. And at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself. Well, I, uh, okay. Tell me the particulars. So, Go ahead. I mean, I, well, from my understanding and my truth of what happened was, you know, I was a free agent. Um, there was, you know, no real offer on the table for me. That's my understanding. And, um, you know, they, Ron got an offer. They gave Ron the money or whatever, and I went to Houston. That's it. You know, it wasn't really no hard feelings. It was just what it was. That's it. So there wasn't a real offer on the table to keep Not you. Not to my understanding, no. 
So that leads me to Dwayne Wade and mm-hmm. the Heat. Outside looking in. Right. He wants $50 million for two years. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves his money. For sure. 100% he deserves it. If you go back to that situation, how uncomfortable is that? So say he gets his money, mm-hmm. but he's still got to play with this man who wanted to pay everybody but him. And the entire time that he's been on that roster, he's never been the highest played player. Uh, yeah, well, that's business. That's what it comes down to. You know, they, they're going to do the business part of it the way that they know how. They're really good at that. You know, just how we're really good at playing basketball. Sometimes, like, like egos get involved into business and you can't. They're two different, two total different things. You know, and a lot of times we forget that. Fans, people forget that. And, um, you know, that's that's just some things that that's the hard part about the business. Well, you say it's business, but then there's this thing that they want you to do and, and not you per se. But sacrifice. Others, they want you to sacrifice. The they want you to take this hometown discount. That's not business. It's not business. And again, that's where, you know, you have to understand that business is business. So you got to be a hawk about your business, just like you're a hawk out there on the court. So um, I understand it. I totally understand it. So here we are now. I personally think that he should receive whatever he wants. I think it's very disrespectful the way that they're treating them. But Pat Riley is a very shrewd business owner. Mm-hmm. So Pat had the money for Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. He would have found it, right? For sure. <laughs> he definitely would have. But again, you know, that's just the way that's the way that I feel like sometimes this business works. Kevin Durant is, you know, probably one of the top five players in our league at this point in time, right? So um, everybody would have did that. Everybody would have gave everything they for Kevin Durant. Money. Right. So. so what do you think about him going to Golden State? So Charles Barkley was on Mike and Mike this morning, mm-hmm. and, he, and he said he felt as if Kevin Durant was cheating his way to a ring. He felt as if he took the easy way out. I don't think it's given. I don't think just because he went there, that means they're going to win. You know, like last year, they uh, was Golden State lost. They lost to to a better team in the Cavaliers at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. And even though they got KD, and that makes them a super suit, that makes them strong. But they lost Bogut, which was a huge, huge, huge piece piece to their team. You know, he he's a big that can pass the ball. Right. He sets unbelievable screens. You know what I'm saying? He does all the dirty work for that team. He clogs the paint. He makes it hard for the opposing team to come in there and score. So, you know, I think that was a big part of their team that they're going to miss. So it's not a given that Kevin Durant is there. Uh, what's your philosophy with superstars teaming up? One plus two plus three plus four. Do you have a philosophy on that? Do you like it or do you not I don't like care. It? Yeah, you you know, because at the end of the day, we all are competitors. We all going to compete. Uh, some people are different. You know, everybody's different. But I don't think I don't look at it as, you know, he's going to go play with them. He's just trying to change his, his circumstance or whatever the case may be. He just may have wanted to change the scenery. And there's nothing wrong with that. So. I grew up under a very different philosophy, right? So I'm of the belief that I like when y'all play hard and dirty. I like when there's some goons out there. I I, I think that the NBA is too soft. I think that everybody is crying when they should just be playing the game. Like, Mm -hmm. I I prefer to watch y'all play. I don't want to hear about what what he did and what he didn't do. All these passive-aggressive tweets. Mm -hmm. and I Say it. Say what you mean and mean what you say. 
So I'm just jaded in that sense. Right. I do feel I don't have a problem with him leaving, mm. but I do feel why leave the team that beat you when you were 48 minutes away three times from beating them? And in my opinion, quite better than them. Mm. They could have did it. They could have. They didn't. But that team didn't win either. You know, it's only one team that wins every year. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that the Warriors felt that they need to improve at at places too, you know, obviously because they didn't win. They won 73 games or whatever, but they didn't win the big, the big fish or whatever. So I think that uh, they thought bringing KD along would have been, you know, the piece that they needed. Best player in the game right now? Who is? LeBron James. Best player ever in the history of NBA? I don't think there's one. Give me your Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Four. Four players? Well, Kobe Bryant's number one for me. Um, this is why he can come back anytime, guys. Ever, anytime, every time. You can um, on the show every time. <laughs> uh, Kareem. Okay. Uh, Oscar Robinson is called, and right now, I mean, LeBron James. Okay. No, that's a fair. It's, that's a fair. Well, first of all, it's hard to do for. It's for sure. Like for me, just to be because I have to compete against them every every like every year every time we play it's hard for me to you know to to give like a player that I have to oppose against like put him up there yeah right but you know you have to give respect when respect is due and he is he deserves it yeah 100% I I did this podcast recently called I'm no slander 2016 I just have to stop talking bad about him because I I talk bad about that man just because I hated how they compared him to Kobe and I'm like no no there's no there's not a rivalry they're two different players and so I had to take I was team Kobe so I Mm. couldn't have LeBron's back but after after what he did in Cleveland I said okay I gotta stop talking about this man I mean even even you before, can see you were much more partial. <laughs> I wasn't. I was on my emotional. I was in my yeah, feelings. You I, were, yeah. I think even before, you know, just just from the things that he was doing in the game, it's just he 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 was he's a really good player. He's really really talented. But to win a, a championship for a city that hasn't won anything in a very long time, that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. And. um he ever since I met the I met the dude when we were like what for fifteen years old right and we've been playing against each other ever since right and from then on like you know he's had this pressure of a whole city on his back right and he you know he he handled it well he never shied away from it he never like deferred he always like handled his business and you know you can only respect that you have to tip your hat to that. Tell me about your relationship with Kobe. You talk about him. Now, he's known. I, I, I interviewed him recently. He's known for not having many friends. Uh-huh. And, and just like you can name how many people love Kobe. Right. What was your relationship like with him when you played in Lakers? Well, for me, he was, you know, he was like my big brother. You know, we we hung out all the time, uh, always competed against each other in practice, um, always try to make, always try to make each other better. And that's something that I appreciated, something that he appreciated. And, you know, that's that's where our relationship grew from there. So you put him at number one when I named the not number one, but he was the first name on your Mount Rushmore. Why is that? What is it about? Why? Because I got to actually play with this guy. I know I left out Michael Jordan. Right. Which is like 
Yeah. Right. Crazy. I understand. But, you know, again, like I left out my favorite players as well. You know, I left out McGrady, who was one of my favorite players, and Penny Hardaway, who's another one of my like all time favorite players in the world. But, you know, I, I actually got to see that guy play, you know, every day and compete against him. What don't we know? What don't. I mean, you know everything. You know he's an unbelievable competitor. Um, he will kick you when you're down if it's on the court. So <laughs> that that has to be like something that you know. And they say Michael Jordan was the same way. So right. I guess they would so be the same person. Like, what do you mean he kick you when you're down? When he know when he knows that you are. You, he will take he just your, kill you. Yeah, He'll take he your will heart. take your heart away from you if if that's what he had to do to win. He will do it. I respect that. Like, that's what I want to see more of. Is there anyone similar to him who has that same characteristic now that is considered a superstar player in the league? Somebody that will kick you when you're down. Do you see how Russell Westbrook plays? Yeah, he's a monster out there. And that's one of the players that I think that would do the same thing to you. Right. Yeah. Like, he just don't care and don't give up about nobody. Uh All right. So going into the third year of a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. With the Rockets. Yep. You want to be there? Do I want to be there? Of course. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm not happy the way that season ended for us last year. Uh, I'm not happy the way our season went. Uh, I don't think nobody on our team was. But, um, yeah, I want to be there. Kobe hit you up when you got Dwight and give you a heads up? Nah. He didn't say, Listen. Oh boy, ain't about his business. Uh, I mean, he he said the things that he thought that he didn't. He, he I mean, he gave his opinion about the things that he thought that Dwight could do better. But you know, it wasn't like bashing him or you know talking bad about him. He just thought that there were some things about him that he uh, could have done a little bit better. There's a lot of rumors uh, about people who want you. Like like I said, you're going into the third year or four year contract, mm-hmm. so. Cavs, Warriors. I'm hearing everybody wants you on their team. Your particular position, what you bring to a team, that's what they want. These championship that's teams killer. are looking for that extra edge, mm-hmm. i.e. the Cavs and the Warriors. There's all these rumors swirling around your name. Your thoughts uh, on that? Uh, well, again, like like we talked earlier, that was the first time I heard of that. You know, I, I try to like just focus on what I'm doing instead of focusing on everybody else or what people are saying. So, you know, Right now, I'm, I'm I'm a Houston Rocket, and that's where I plan to be. I'm preparing as if that's where I'm going to be, and that's it. That's all I know right now. What do you guys need uh, outside of the role players and the star you have in James Harden there? Mm-hmm. What else do you all need? Definitely need a big man, right, because Dwight's gone. Yeah, I think we need a – I think we, we probably need another big. But one thing that we have to do for sure is have a better, better chemistry than what we did mm-hmm. last year. I think that's – that was the biggest, biggest uh, issue that we, we suffered from last year is just our chemistry. We never really got it right all year. So, you know, if we can get that together, I think, uh, you know, we put ourselves right back in in the position that we was a few years ago. So this is the first that you're hearing that you're a wanted man. That's that's interesting to me because, look, I be in these streets. If somebody <laughs> want to holler at me, Word. I'm going to hear about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Well, I got, off, I got off Instagram. I got off Twitter. You got off the gram? Yeah, you got off Twitter? Why? Off. Just because, man. I had to save the relationships. Yeah, man. I had to get off <laughs> there. 
had to get off there. Wait, can I say something? Yeah. Why is social media the end of all relationships? Like, you can't, like, if you like a page, your girl get mad. Like, you like somebody, why you like her page? No, you, see, my, my girl, that, my, my fiance ain't really like that. Yeah, so she don't, don't that really, problem. yeah, okay, we don't, good. we don't go through those times. Okay, good. Cause I'm always hearing, like, I got off and I think it's always something that gets you in trouble at home where you can't stay on the nah, ground. Nah, I just, it, like, it's time consuming. Like, yeah. you get, can you? Yeah, you get that too, is the truth. You get too like locked into that. You, yeah. you look up, it's two hours later, and you on your <laughs> exactly. uncle's best friend's cousin's. Word, page. like you find yourself somewhere in Africa, and, and, and you're, you're like, like, "Why am I here? And who yeah. is this that I'm looking at?" Exactly. Okay, all right. So, so it's good to know that you're a wanted man. You got off. You minding your business, head down. You're telling me all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some good stuff here. Tell me about this event. So, I've got a press release in my hands, mm-hmm. and it says that you are hosting an event on July. It's a weekend, actually. July 9th through the 10th, yep. second annual celebrity basketball game and award ceremony. Yes, yes, yes. Give me the details, my friend. So Saturday, we're having, a uh, again, a celebrity basketball game. Doors open at 1. The game starts at 5. Uh, if you're looking for tickets, you can get them at areza.eventbrite.com. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, we have an awards show for uh, high school kids that um, kind of get overlooked a little bit. Yeah. And, um, what do you mean by overlooked? Like, you know, just, just kids that's gone through different things in their life and, you know, that kind of take, that kind of take them off their route in life. Like, you know, just like trage, any type of like tragedies and yeah. things like that, that are hard to deal with. And we just want to let them know that, you know, we're still, there are still people out there that admire what you do. You still have a chance. You still can be successful and uh, just keep pushing, you know. It says all proceeds benefit the Ariza Elevated Game Awards. It's a nonprofit. Tell me about the organization. Well, the organization is for, you know, again, this same, what I what I just mentioned, and, you know, trying to get kids to, to improve, helping kids with whatever they are, whatever they need in their life at that time. But why why this particular um, passion for you? Well, you- for me, for me, the, you know, I lost a brother when I was a younger kid, and, you know, once that happened, like everything in my mind kind of changed. I had like, there was a lot of things that I could have gotten into, especially growing up here in Los Angeles. You know, there's tons of trouble and all types of that you can get into. And, um, you know, I think that the more support that kids have that go through things, uh, you know, it gives them a clearer mind and, to try to keep them on a, a straight path to to success. So you identify these kids that you you could see either going one way or the other way, and you elevate them. You put them in surroundings to know that people invest in you and believe in you. Absolutely. How was last year's event, and what will be different this uh, year? Last year's event was it was dope, man. Especially since it was the first one. Right. I think it holds you know a special place because it was the first first one, first of its kind. Yeah. And this year, you know, we wanted to make it more of like an award setting. So last year was like a luncheon type deal. Yeah. This year is going to be more like a like a setting kind of. We're trying to get it to be like the little high school SB type. Thing. Yeah, high school version. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So okay, I'm looking here and I see. Okay, so Kenny Hamilton, Matt Barnes, Sean Merriman. Um, I want to. Jay Williams is going. Is he really yeah. there? I yep. think Jay's going to be there. He's going to be there. That's my man. Have you seen him play? Yeah. 
<laughs> have you seen a play? So yeah, it ain't no good. I talk bad about him. <laughs> I, I'm putting that all in there. Jay, it's a wrap. Um, oh, cool. I, 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 I know. I love like that. I know. I love him. Trevor Ariza, ladies and gentlemen, been such a pleasure. I've been a fan for a long time, Thank so you. it's a pleasure to I meet you. Appreciate it. Same. Thank yeah. you. So here we are. And I'm still in my feelings about Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, as we should be. And I keep asking, what's next? What should we do? Keep the conversation going. That's what I'll do. I'll use this platform, my platform. Keep the conversation going. It's a reminder, folks. I don't want to live in a world where I become bitter. I don't want to live in a world where I think all cops are the same. I don't want to live in a world where I think you think of us as just one group of people. Because I know that's not true. I know that's the devil speaking. But day after day, insert name here, insert hashtag here with name, insert said prayer here for the hashtag name of RIP. I can't keep doing it. We have to change. We have to effectively change. It sounds simple. It starts with voting. It sounds simple. It starts with economics. It sounds simple, but that's the way it has to work. We have to make conscious decisions day in and day out of what we will and won't do. Don't give them a reason if you get pulled over. Don't put yourself in a circumstance if you get pulled over. Use your camera if you get pulled over. That's our weapon. That's one of our weapons of mass destruction in a community that's being killed, right? In a community where you are seeing your young boys being taken away and your grown men being taken away, maybe it is. Maybe that's, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just think we should take special care. Don't put ourselves in circumstances that could lead to us being arrested, i.e. our friends being arrested. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. I'm going to sit on Marcellus's message. I'm going to read, and i get back to you. I don't have an answer. I know it's a heavy addition, to be honest, but I just want you guys to be well-informed. That's the first step to any type of change. Thank you all for listening.